In today's episode, I'm joined by Joel Rosenblatt, who is currently in London. Joel, how are you doing, mate? Mr. Ryan Stevenson. What a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks doing... for joining us today, Joel. It's, it's a great honor to have you on the show. You're obviously in London and uh, the lockdown has reached the UK now. So three days into the lockdown. What's it like there? Yeah, I mean, it's, I would say the same as uh, the rest of the UK, like where the the advice that's given us given to us is that we need to stay inside as much as we can if we don't need to go outside don't go outside uh we're allowed to go out for our, our one one little breath of fresh air for a bit of exercise in the day which you know i'm taking full advantage of yeah um but other than that like i live in a i live in a little little neighborhood in north london and uh, everyone seems fairly chirpy it could be because the the weather the weather outside is is lovely, uh, so we're able to be in our gardens, be talking across the across the, the walls to each other. Um, last night we had the big the big clap. Oh, that doesn't sound great, does it? <laughs> but we we uh, we had a great round of applause. I should rather say. <laughs> yeah, for the NHS. Yeah, testament to the the British people that I don't think I've seen anything else. Um, around the world, something like that. So just for, for the audience that weren't aware, maybe elsewhere in the world, um, last night, was it seven o'clock? It was eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Um, the whole country had a round of applause for the NHS staff. So that's the staff that are working in all the hospitals. And a lot of the famous landmarks in the big cities in the UK turned blue and the spectacle really did look good on the videos. I mean, what, what did you see from your, your bedroom window? Yeah, very interesting that you said that because I didn't realize that the blue, that everything turned blue. But I did see because I, I, uh, I've got quite a big, it's called Alexander Palace, uh, close to where, where I am. And that, that turned blue. And I was, we were having a debate, me and my, my housemates, whether it's always blue. Uh, but I think you've just confirmed that it, it isn't always blue, that it turned blue last night in commemoration for the NHS. Yeah. And... Uh, interesting there that you mentioned the the hot weather that you're having there in the UK. UK quite typical, isn't it? You've gone through winter, and uh, now that everyone's forced to stay inside, it's absolutely beautiful outside. How yeah. have people taking the sort of stay at home message? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think the UK, opposed to everywhere else, seems to have taken a little bit a little bit longer for it to hit home. Mm. Um, today was the first day when I went outside that it felt like I had um like a magnet the opposing magnet on me when i go for a run and people get close and they just dart the other way if we're a bit we're a bit too close to each other which you know it's comical because it's funny to just see someone instantly jump out the way but it's also yeah i suppose it's good you know people taking the measures that is recommended to take right now in this point of time um to be as safe as possible um, you know, as as the British people are, like we like we like to complain. So there is a, a mutterance of complaints when you go around for a run. But I think uh, as a whole, like everyone's taking it taking it pretty well um, because you've just got to get on and get on and and do it really. Exactly, and lots of social media is in there. The the hashtag stay at home, uh, encouraging people to stay at home because it does have an effect. Yeah, and uh, and one of the things you know from from in my community at least is 
you get to know who lives around you a little bit more. Like I, I've joined a couple of groups from my local community just to like uh, posting on WhatsApp. Like if anyone's old and shouldn't really leave the home, like message us and then we'll, we'll go get your, your shopping or we'll go do something, uh, help you out in some way. So it's always just looking out, looking out for those, those around you. That's, that's very nice. I mean, um, we hear a lot of the, the news about the worst in people, you know, the fighting in the supermarkets, but uh, we don't always necessarily hear about the good things that people are doing. And surely there's a good example there in your little local community. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just, just on, the, on the previous point and um, drawing upon one of your uh, previous podcasts, I think with your sister um, and your stepbrother, is I, I think it, it's quite nice to see a bit of a shift in people's perspective of like who really matters in the community. It's not the the dickhead riding around in his Ferrari yeah. that everyone wants to be like, but everyone's praising the people that deserve the praise. Exactly. Like the, the doctors, the people that are packing the shelves, the, yeah. the guy that, that took my, my uh, rubbish away this morning. Like those are the people that... Um, that should be praised, you know. Exactly. Well, the, the risk in the lives really aren't they? That's the the front line, and not just their own lives, the family as well. By going outside and being in contact with people, whether that be in the supermarkets or in the hospitals, you know, they're, they're exposed potentially to the virus, and then bringing that back in their own homes. So they deserve all the credit they're getting. Exactly. Big clap to them. Yeah. So, so that's about the clapping. Uh, <laughs> so Joel, one of the reasons I've got you on the show is to talk about one of the creative projects that you've been involved in recently. Now, you're a type one diabetic, uh, which puts you in the vulnerable category um, in terms of people that uh, if they do get the, the virus, it could have a worse effect on um what advice has been given to you specifically from your doctor or the NHS in terms of being a type one diabetic? Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of the advice is very similar to the advice going around. Is maybe it's just a bit, bit, bit more, a uh, bit more urgency to stay at home mm. and to not go out. I think it's more the fact that if a type one diabetic gets sick, then their diabetes becomes twice as hard to control like um when you have type 1 diabetes your body doesn't produce insulin anymore so you have to do it yourself you're testing your blood and you're injecting yourself with insulin but when you get sick um your body reacts really strangely and there's no pattern to what your blood sugar levels do so you have to inject a lot more insulin uh, and it's a lot harder to control so i think the the message to type 1 diabetics to stay at home is because it's it's just a lot more if if a type 1 diabetic has to go to the hospital Mm. for coronavirus that's one extra uh, you know that's a lot more work to deal with someone with type 1 diabetes that has coronavirus than to deal with someone that doesn't have type 1 diabetes so I think that that's it's again the message is stay at home um, and then for the type one diabetic, it's like stay at home again, again, like just keep staying at home. That's really the the, the message being being spoken here. Yeah. Now, unless you've actually got a family member that's got diabetes or you've got diabetes yourself, not a lot's actually known about, especially type ones. I think when you think of diabetes, you think of 
may be the type two type. So that's the type that usually people are uh, maybe overweight or have other health issues, which causes them to have type two diabetes. There's not much known about type one, like I said, unless you do have someone close to you that, that has it. So um, what, what, what is it to you and, and what's your history with type one diabetes? Yeah, I think it's a good point. I think no one, no one really knows, knows much about it unless you've got someone around you. Again, I think that can be said as to a lot of diseases, illnesses, complications, whatever, as long until you've got someone that's close to you that's got it. Um, you don't know what it's all about, but um, yeah, for for me, I I think it's just getting people to know what it is, and you don't you don't need people don't need loads of information. I think the biggest the biggest thing for people to know the difference is is type one diabetes is something that you just get, um, and type two diabetes in general is a lifestyle condition where people. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of bring it upon themselves by living an unhealthy lifestyle but again that's a generalization uh, because some people live healthy lifestyles and they're okay they they, um, they live healthy lifestyles sorry and they still they still get type 2 diabetes whereas um type 1 you get from uh, it's i think it's a genetic genetic disorder oh. uh, that you that you pick up mm. um but yeah, I think you know it's it's not it's not so hard for me to control, and it's it's just part of part of my lifestyle that I've that I've taken on, um, and so some of the biggest things I suppose that can be a bit of a complication that I think is quite good for a lot of people to know about type one diabetics is is sometimes if they inject too much insulin or maybe they've they've gone for unexpected exercise for too long they've got the risk of going uh, hypoglycemic which is when their sugar goes very low right um, and if your sugar goes too low and you drop into a hypoglycemic state then uh, you have the you have the risk of kind of going into a diabetic coma um, and yeah I think it's just it's it's quite a uncomfortable feeling to be in as a as a I suppose as a, as a person to have hypoglycemia uh, and me personally when I when I go hypo um, I struggle to to tell those around me like I need a bit of time right. to like go eat some sugar uh, I try and like kind of like make an excuse to leave mm-hmm. without actually saying uh, that I want to that I need some sugar I need to go out for a little bit yeah um, but you know, I think as as I'm learning more about it, and I've had type one for this is my tenth year anniversary. If you want to send uh. me some flowers, right? <laughs> um, so, right so, anyway, yeah, that's it. So I, I um, so yeah, the more the more I I learn about it, the more I'm able to kind of speak speak to other people about it and say, look, yeah. I, I am I'm not feeling great. And it's funny because when you do actually just say to the person, yeah, I'm I'm I've got my, my sugar's a bit low. I just need to take a second. Everyone's actually very understanding. Yeah. And it's actually just me that doesn't wanna doesn't wanna I don't know be feel like I'm being weak right. or something. But it's you know it's just that's my own narrative that I'm spinning in my head. Yeah, of course. And you say that to to take sugar, what sort of uh, do you have emergency rations on you that you keep in case you do reach this state? Yeah, uh, my emergency rations, as uh, as as you call it. Um, 
I, I normally keep, they say, if you've got a low blood sugar, like uh, sweets, like a sweets, like sweets or sugar or honey, okay. something that can, that can uh, spike your sugar back up quickly. Often uh, a, mis, a misinformation is to give a diabetic chocolate because like chocolate will actually take a good uh, 20 to 30 minutes for any change in your blood sugar. Uh, it's like l low GI, so the, the sugar releases quite slowly. Whereas something like um, uh, fruit pastels or fruit juice uh, all have really high GI, which means that the sugar gets released really quickly into your into your bloodstream and you're, you'll spike your sugar back up, which is make, start, makes you feel better again. Yeah. And uh, what's your sort of worst story? Of, have you ever been in a situation where you have reached that state and you haven't had any um, sugar or sweets close by to you? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think probably in Italy, actually. Um, when I was performing on stage... I was doing uh, as part of the yeah I used to be used to be part of the performance team in Italy, right. and I was on stage and it was probably towards the end of the performance and I could start to feel it and we were doing a bit of a song and a dance for the kids and I remember like I just started sweating and I was like why am I sweating and I was like oh then I started to feel it a little bit and we still had we still had an audience interaction to teach them the dance. Right. Um, but I, I think I may, I just, I just waved goodbye anyway, because I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I, like <laughs> the kids could, the kids could, could get lost. I can't be bothered with the kids. And so, so I, I just said like, can everybody say goodbye? And, and they all just said goodbye. The other two people on stage didn't really know what was going on, but they, yeah. they got on with it. Okay. Um, and luckily, I did actually. I did have sugar um, with me. I, I used to when I was when I was a gypsy actor touring Italy. I used to just have uh, I used to just have sugar packets okay. that I could just quickly uh, pop pop one of them in. Right. And you I have I haven't I haven't had an experience. I've never I've never passed out, and I've never had um, I've never had a time where I couldn't look after myself during a sugar loaf, right. which is which is a which is a concern some type 1 diabetics some people aren't able to feel the symptoms of hypoglycemia which is being really uh, weak in your body you start like you start sweating and you just feel very faint and and often because the sh it's the sugar is like going into different parts of the body and your your glucose needs to be in your brain for it to function properly it can actually make you a little bit loopy right. if you uh, if you don't if you don't have the glucose in in your system. So it's quite dangerous if you don't if you don't feel the symptoms. So I know I know of other other type one diabetics that have um, that have been admitted into hospital or they've had to have a shot of glucose. Mm. Uh, I think it's called glucagon, which is um, injected into them. Okay. For, fortunately, I haven't I haven't been there myself and. Good. Don't don't plan on plan and going there. I suppose it's just a case of sort of planning ahead, isn't it? And always having that that emergency ration on you, and getting a feel for your own body. I suppose you need to be a bit more aware of um, how you are feeling and and ready in case you do hit that state that you was talking about. Um, now, a focus of of this podcast a lot of last week was more on 
what people are experiencing in different parts of the world. And now certainly that the lockdown measures have come to the UK, what I want to try and focus more on is is what things people are doing to get get past this self-isolation period, you know, thinking creatively. And you certainly fit that uh, profile, Joel. Um, you've actually started to create a, a video awareness campaign of type 1 diabetes. How is that going? Yeah, uh, it's good. Thanks, Ryan. That's uh, kind words. I I must say uh, I think I think with your with your podcasts and your blogs it sparked a bit of inspiration, so I, I thank you for getting me started. <laughs> yeah, I think as as um, as an actor, um, one of the things that people always have said to actors is you shouldn't wait around for work. You should create something yourself or have projects that you're constantly working on. I always agreed with it. I just never know. I never knew how to get started or what to do. Um, and I think since this whole lockdown happened and since uh, since actors lost any kind of work opportunity, mm. it kind of, the, uh, I, there was no other option but to, but to do it. Like I was running away. I, I couldn't, I couldn't formulate any other excuse yeah. To, to, to not make these videos. So uh, yeah, I, I, I started making them and for sure they are they are out there for one reason is to uh, is to share a little bit of knowledge about type one and maybe someone who's recently been diagnosed with type one to maybe see that it's it's not like uh, it's not this dark, horrible disorder, you know. For sure, life would be better if if we didn't have it, but we do have it, so we can't we can't you know speculate about that. So I just hope to be some kind of happier face to the to type one, um, and then yeah, anyone else like we were just talking before. A lot of the stuff about type one, no one really yes. knows, um, and. Sometimes as a type one, when you're in a situation, you feel like you've told a million people, like there's no, because everyone's like, oh, is type one the good one or the bad one? You're like, there's no good one. It's it's diabetes. Like it's not, it's not a chocolate. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so you, it's just getting information out there. Yeah. And and then, yeah, just create. I, I'm, I like to be creative. I think it, it feels great to, to be working on something creatively, to to have have be filming something yeah. and and to be working through different ideas of different shots and and how I see it in my mind like play out it's it's exciting I I find it really fun to to be working on projects like this and um I think for now it's definitely something more I'm more just like playing around with my editing software and seeing how to how to constantly try and improve and learn new skills in the editing process and maybe how I can make the next video look even better and more crisp more slick and stuff like that so yeah it's been a lot of fun you're definitely onto a good thing and like you say it gives you the new skills that you maybe haven't done before it gives you something to focus on during this period and who knows how, how big it can get. I mean, it's an important issue, uh, type 1 diabetes. And you put a comical spin on it. So anyone that wants to check out these videos, you can find it either on YouTube, 
um, Instagram and Facebook by searching Joel Rosenblatt. Um, and it, it's called Joel Talks Type 1 Diabetes. Is that correct, Joel? Yeah, that's right. But I, I am a world famous actor, Ryan. So probably if you just if you just type in Joel actor, <laughs> you'll just be bombarded with loads of stuff. Well, you, you say, say that, Joel, it's certainly not, not too far. I mean, you get in there, you're a young actor. You've um, obviously starred in a film in the South Africa. And for anyone that, that's right, uh, listening... Mate. That isn't aware, Joel, like he says, is an actor, and he has strong links to South Africa. Um, now, tell us a bit about your South African story, Joel. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm originally from, from Liverpool, it's where I'm born, Scousia. Um, and then I moved, we as a family moved to South Africa when I was 12 years old, just because we, we used to always go on holidays in South Africa, and we just decided to move over there. And yeah, I grew up there. I went to school there uh, and I went to acting college there. And I only really moved away from South Africa about three years ago. So still very much got a lot of my heart in the country mm. um, and it'll always have, you know, a bit of home for yeah. me. Got family there. I've got a lot of friends there. Um, and it's, I think I always, if I, when it comes up in conversation, I always tell people to go check it out. It's <laughs> such a, such a beautiful country. Um, it's just a great, great place to go, to go visit, not in the current climate, but when everything, uh, when everything yeah. settles down a little bit and travel opens up again, then yeah, mm -hmm. I always encourage people to, to go check out South Africa. When I think of South Africa, I think of massive landscapes of just open land and obviously wild animals the sun beaming down maybe some rolling hills in the background what is that sort of the, the picture that, that you tend to see in south africa what like lion king <laughs> yeah, you could say like yeah yeah for sure i mean that are part i mean it's not it's not all like that i think um we don't ride to school on elephants <laughs> and uh we don't we don't house giraffes as pets, but it, it, there are there are definitely uh, parts of that. You know, there's the there's big open savannas where you can go on game drives. I I myself lived in lived in Cape mm. Town um, and on the outskirts of Cape Town, a little smaller town called Somerset West, um, and you know it, it was a normal normal town. You know with a it, there wasn't massive big i mean there were rolling mountains sure we we were surrounded by mountains and and i had the beach very close to me and it is it's you you take it for granted you know waking up and you open your curtains and you just look onto this massive mountain and you can go out and there's nature reserves and you know you can maybe see some uh like some springbok which is the like a gazelle type animal um, so it is it's it, it's it's it is very much mixed um, city life and you could probably drive 10 minutes and go to a massive nature reserve um, so yeah it's it's beautiful mm. certainly selling it Joel uh, and of course the, the, the coronavirus <laughs> is, is spreading worldwide what's the latest in South Africa uh, yeah so as of today they're also they're on full lockdown for um for 21 mm -hmm. days uh, so that's pretty much the same same as, as most most places and 
from from the ground in South Africa. Some of some of my friends are saying, you know, they think it's probably going to be extended uh, a bit longer. And an interesting an interesting point, which I haven't seen at any other country take, uh, is that in South Africa, they've they've banned the selling of alcohol and tobacco. Okay. So since since the since a couple of days ago they made selling alcohol illegal after six but now they've just completely banned selling of alcohol right that's interesting now i would probably would have thought you can obviously correct me on this is is it because of the potential obviously with everyone self-isolating and on lockdown they might just turn to drink and drugs just to pass the time is that the the reason why the government have implemented that yeah i mean i haven't seen anything as the reason why i can only speculate as well as to say there's a lot of uh, shanty towns or townships in south africa and i can only think that if everyone starts drinking they just will stop caring as much about staying inside the crime rate in South Africa, it is, it's a bit higher than, I mean, it is, it's high. It's high. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, beat around the bush. It is quite a high crime rate. And I think a lot of the crime comes from the townships. Right. So I, I can only imagine Cyril uh, Ramaphosa, which is the president of South Africa, thinking if he takes away the selling of alcohol and having alcohol around, that maybe there'll be less less uh, rebellion okay. against his his rule but you don't know like you, you don't know if that will drive people to uh you know go a bit go a bit wild and 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 hoard alcohol sell it legally yeah. and okay. you know, but again it's just it's it's speculation you don't know until it until it happens yeah maybe it's a bit of a, a trust thing between the government and the people as well maybe they don't trust the south african people to uh, take these measures seriously and Obviously, with alcohol as well, um, people might be more encouraged to gather in in groups, for example. So uh, what's the sort of political climate there and making comparisons to what we're used to in the UK, the attitude towards the government? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a really tough one. And I'm not I'm not the the best person, I would say, to to go delve into it because I don't really I've never been so big into into politics. I do know at the moment, though, again, going back in, into, into the current climate and corona, is that I think because in South Africa, comparing it to the UK, it's very densely populated. It's very densely, uh, the way people live is very densely packed compared to in the UK. Like in, in South Africa, everyone living in like small townships, they, they're like right on top of each other. I think I saw that it's been one of the highest growth for coronavirus since since it's okay. come about. Um, so I, I I think his drastic measures that the president is making is only because <clears throat> he really wants to stop it in its tracks um, and you know really get on top of it. Which I, I've seen po- pretty positive responses from at least people that I know from South Africa. They seem to be pr- very on board with it. I don't really see much complaining. Um, I see everyone, you know, uh, looking again, being being quite quite a community. Um, I th- I even see quite a lot of stuff about 
Um, they're they're taking extra measures to take people off the streets okay. and and first obviously test them for the coronavirus, but put them in uh, put them in safe uh, shelters and places where they can mm. stay, and um, just to kind of look after them uh, a little bit right. more. Well, for someone that isn't into politics, there, Joel, it's certainly insightful there. So you maybe bringing yourself down on that, but something you are really into, of course, is film and acting. And in November, you were the star actor in a in a film. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, lovely. Um, great, great topic to pump everybody up. Um, so, yeah, the film's Cutout Girls. Um, and it's a, a film to bring awareness to, to date rape. Um, because there's quite a big, a big culture of rape in South Africa. Again, I don't, I, I feel like no need to, to delve such so much into the into yeah, the yeah. dark topics right now. But um, that was the kind of point is to kind of shed a bit of light on what's going on. And and the thought behind it is if we could get one person to not rape someone, that is a massive win. And um, so hopefully South Africans. And it was it was on the film circuit in South mm. Africa, but it it hasn't yet made it around the world. Um, but the 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 thought was if we can stop one person, it's a big win. So yeah, that's that's. But it was nice. It was good to we had a really really good uh, good director, um, and we had a great great team of people that work we worked with, and it was it was a fantastic project to be involved in. I, I absolutely loved and it. And how how was it seeing your sort of name up in there in the cinemas, uh, your your picture there, the the red carpet sort of thing? How was that for a young actor such as yourself? Yeah, it was it was. It was good. I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't. It didn't. It's. It's not. It didn't feel as big as as what I thought it would feel. I think. Uh, I think it was just because we all put so much work into it, um, and I think it was. Pr- it was quite a proud, a proud feeling as like a collaborative effort that we all we all did. It was. It was a good. It was a good good film. You know, I don't think. I don't think anyone anyone would take full credit as as to doing it all by themselves everyone really um came together for that film and, and made it amazing yeah i mean it's certainly a good a good well you've done quite a lot of different kinds of acting but this is certainly a big uh, a big milestone if you like onto other things hopefully and as coming back to your videos that you've been creating it's a little creative things like that um that go along the way to to get into that next big thing and of course, um, like with many industries currently, um, the acting in the theatre world has been massively hit by the by the virus, with lots of things being cancelled. What's your outlook on the situation for the the theatre and acting industry? Yeah, I mean, like you said, everything is being cancelled. Um, there isn't any any productions, any auditions, uh, at least that I know of, and. One of the big things for actors in the UK is a platform called Spotlight. Um, so Spotlight is a platform where production companies post their productions on Spotlight. Um, and that's where actors find out about productions and find out who needs to be cast, what kind of people they're looking for. Um, agents also use Spotlight as a way of finding the jobs for the actors and uh, they've emailed us spotlight and, and just to say there's nothing mm. like we're for the next three months it is it's it's 
closed. Like we're not we're not taking uh, we're not doing any auditions at the moment because of the current climate. So, uh, in in my personal view, it almost seems like acting, at least film and television and and theater like conventional acting in that sense is uh, in a in a way closed. What is still open is voiceovers. Um, you know, there's quite a big big demand for for actors to be recording audio and um there's a lot of people that are creating content these days that maybe don't think that they want their voice on it so they'll still use voice of actors so there's still there's still that going which is which is good and you know i think it also gives gives actors a chance to contact casting directors because that's one of the biggest things to be to be known you know to be known in in the circles so to be able to contact casting directors maybe speak to agents it's a good time for that um and to reach out to people because they've also got a lot more time um normally people never respond to you because they're busy with like a million uh things that they're doing they've got productions they've got other actors to talk to they've got directors um, and they've just got like they'll never respond to, an, to just an actor wanting to speak to them. Whereas now they're all sitting yeah. at home, and they will reply. I, I've had I sent maybe I sent last month. I must have sent about sixty emails to different casting directors in London, just to like uh, introduction of myself, like what I've been in, uh, thing to my show reel, my headshots, and no one replied and since since um coronavirus has put everybody in their homes uh i've had like five responses already just to say like thanks for the material had a chance to look over it we'll keep you in mind for any future projects and stuff like that so yeah i think i think there is there's proactive um steps that you can take as an actor during this time obviously um the money side of things is, is pretty yeah. tricky. Uh, and, you know, you've always got to look, look at different avenues to, to go down. Like as, as, uh, as an actor here in London, I, I had a, a, a side job of, of selling flowers, like in the streets, I was the salesman of, of flower box delivery services. Um, and, you know, no, I'm not going to go in the streets. No one's in the streets. I can't go to the streets. And, uh, so, so that, so, um, you know, now I'm looking at diff- different platforms. Like, mate, I, I, I've started my my TEFL course to start uh, to start being able to teach online because I taught in Italy yeah. for a while um, without the TEFL, but but I, I'm not I'm not qualified to teach online unless I get the TEFL. So, currently doing the TEFL right now to to get a bit of teaching. There we online. go. Sound advice to any aspiring actor or actress uh, listening in. Uh, and generally as well, as we said, it's a time to get creative, think outside the box, um, do things that you weren't necessarily doing in the past to try and make that next step. Because at the end of the day, we will get through this and outside the other end, we'll be going back back to business as usual. And maybe it's a time to have a good think um, as to your career path. And maybe this is a, a turning stone for you, potentially. For Africa. Move on now to look at some of the more the, the funny news stories. I mean, there's a lot of negative news naturally in, in this time, so sometimes it's good to look at some of the more comical 
headlines. And I'm just going to read these out, Joel, and uh, see see what you you think. You've probably seen them. But uh, in the first one, we, we're here in Italy where a vicar sets himself on fire during the first online coronavirus shirt service. Oh, oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently he was uh, doing a an online church service, um, and you know they wear that those what big white I don't know what they call them probably capes or, or something and um, unfortunately just brushed brushed the candle there and uh, set himself alight and obviously didn't realise until it started getting a bit hot. Uh, <laughs> there you go. But another big thing that's that's changed is of course the the church culture. People aren't able to go to church on Sunday. And for a lot of people, that's a massive thing for their weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. big time. I know. Um, I know. Back in back in South Africa, my grandma. I called her the other day, actually, and she she was saying she's not going to church at the moment. I was very just a just a quick quick side note as well because my my grandma was in Germany in the Second mm. World War, and I. Uh, and I said, I said to my grandma, like, how, how are you finding this compared to when you were, when you were in Germany during the Second World War? And she was saying that, uh, like, at least she got to go outside, <laughs> like, during the, during the Second World War. But I think, I think she's just being a bit dramatic. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll take uh, being sat at home in front of the telly over being in the trenches, wouldn't you? Hundred yeah, yeah, yeah. um, percent. Okay, uh, moving on to the second news story. And uh, this one I can relate to a bit. So lots of people, uh, particularly men, are looking at just shaving their hair during this period. Obviously not being Ooh. being out in the public or at work. It's a good chance to see what you look like with a bald head. Fancy it, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was, I mean, I was thinking of some kind of, some kind of haircut my, yeah. doing it myself. Um, so I was thinking of just getting my getting my beard trimmer and just shaving the, the sides no, he of can... my head, the sides in the back, and just leaving okay. the top and growing growing some kind Peaky of... Peaky blind, uh, is that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like well, if you, do it, if you do it yeah. in the time that I publish the, the podcast, we'll, we'll put the caption alongside the episode. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm actually thinking the other side, so I think I might actually grow mine. I, I usually try and keep it nice and trim but uh now since i'm sort of stuck at home and not not seeing many people i might just let it grow and see what it looks like yeah i've seen a couple of i've seen a couple of pictures of people trimming their their body hair so it links up to their face really hair. okay that's interesting yeah yeah those ones are okay. a bit bizarre fantastic and uh finally and this one i picked particularly for you joe a Russian model is looking for a man to self-isolate with in London. You fancy it? <laughs> seen the pictures as well. And my, my, I mean, Joel, I might send it on. You're in London and might just want some extra company during this period. All right. I'll keep it in mind, Ryan. Thank you. I'm sure. <laughs> Definitely keep that one in mind. Okay. Fantastic. On that bombshell, we'll, we'll wrap things up. Joel, I've asked you to provide a, a song. What's your choice? Yes, Ryan. Um, so, as as we're all self isolating mm. at home, I've picked the song with the title of "Flower" by ah, Moby, okay. and 
I would encourage people to go check out what the video is. And I don't know if it's the video, but there's definitely this exercise routine that you actually introduced me to. Um, so the lyrics for this sing song are bring Sally up, bring Sally down. And uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a good exercise routine of uh, push-ups in the house. And I've seen it adapted to squats and stuff. But actually, it's, a, it's also quite a cool song. And uh, I've been, been listening it to a couple of times without without doing the push-ups but i think in my mind i just associate it with the push-ups so it, it does uh, like kind of makes me makes me wake up a bit well there I, we go any song. any listener that's listening in maybe try some push-ups as you listen to this song uh, well, it's been a pleasure <laughs> having you on lots of uh, different strands there um fantastic i'll provide a link to all of the listeners to your to your videos um and thanks again to all the listeners that are still tuning in here is Flowers by Moby. Green Sally up and Green Sally down. Last gun start got a tail is brown. Green Sally up and Green Sally down. Last gun start got a tail is brown. Green Sally up and Green Sally down. Thank <laughs> you.